Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? We'll be the baby of the year. Welcome to the Turbo Team Podcast. My name is Jake Brand. Um, uh, how are you doing, Ben and Alex? Hello, and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brand. Alongside me are my all the all the regulars, uh, Jake and Ben. How are you guys doing tonight? I like to party. Hello, and welcome back to the to the Turbo Team Podcast. It's going to be a radical episode, guys. I'm Jake Brand, as always. <laughs> With me today, uh, we've got another Jake Brand and the other Jake Brand. How are you guys doing today? Hey, my name's Jake Brand, and you said radical. That's my thing. That's the thing that I say. And Alex has never seen The Simpsons, so he has no idea what's going on right now. Alex, all of, how are you doing? All of two listeners will enjoy that John, reference. How about you? Nate and my parents. Yeah, we're just chilling here. We This week, we watched... Movie called Another Round, which is a 2020 drama in comedy. It's unrated out of Denmark, directed by Thomas Vintenberg, starring Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Bell Larson, Magnus Malang, and Lars Ranthi. But before Ben goes into his synopsis, we'd like to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive Fantasy has all your DFS and esports gambling wants. Be sure to use promo code AROUND at sign up and receive a deposit bonus of up to $50. For first-time users, be sure to use promo code AROUND at sign up and Thrive will match any deposit up to $50. We would like to thank the presenting sponsor of the Turbo Team Podcast, Thrive Fantasy. Yep, there we go. Ben? What's good? You have a synopsis for us today in, um, in whatever they speak in Denmark. In Danish? Danish. Danish, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, okay, I will um, speak it in Danish. We'll put subtitles we'll, on subtitle. <laughs> That was a subtitle joke. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, spoiler-free. There's. It's kind of a straightforward movie. I'll keep it spoiler-free until you listen five minutes from the podcast, and then we'll spoil it for you. But another round is about four friends, all high school teachers, who test a theory that they will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood. So their goal is to be constantly be drunk throughout their week. And movie shenanigans ensue. So I thought that this movie was pretty good. I honestly didn't really know what to expect going into it. I know that I was talking to friend of the program, Nate Magic, who cut his hair today and had a birthday the other day. Literally the two biggest things that have ever happened to him. <laughs> but I was talking to him about it and he said that it was a great depiction of what alcoholism looks like. And that was pretty much all the information that I had going into the film. And it was a, it was a fun watch, but a sad watch. I'll let you guys give your review first before I go into mine now. Alex, uh, before we get into the review, I just want to say I was rudely skipped over today. This movie was nominated for best foreign film at the Oscars. So, Wow. I'm sorry we didn't chop out that five seconds for you to introduce that at the beginning. It's okay. I made my own time. So, Alex, what was your review of the film? I really like this movie, actually. 
uh, I'm not a big foreign film movie guy, but um, I really like this. It was honestly, it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. But one thing that kind of surprised me was after taking four years of German in high school, watching a whole movie in uh, where they speak in Danish, the languages are very similar, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, a lot of the, I think their whole alphabet's the same. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the, some they have a lot of similar words. I thought that was pretty interesting. But as far as the actual movie goes, <laughs> I think it's a really interesting premise. Um, the idea that humans are born with blood, their blood, their BAC 0.05% under what it should be is kind of an interesting concept. And to an extent, it does like it does work. Like if you consume 0.05% more alcohol and you you have more of that in your you know bloodstream it, it does tend to make you more happier more involved more awake more conscious about everything but then clearly you see the side effects where you know the lives start falling apart because they're starting to rely on the alcohol obviously alcoholism so i think it's a really interesting concept for a movie and i think it was executed really well every every character in this was uh like really interesting to watch it was a really funny comedy while also being a really serious drama at the same time which is hard um i really enjoyed this movie i thought it was, i thought it was really good yeah i was definitely surprised when it wasn't just them bar hopping the whole time and yes yeah, and yeah they're like teachers they're like high school teachers did you expect old school but danish no i mean like the point in the movie where things got like serious and became like a drama it, it was just like it was a sudden change and i guess as a film like I thought it worked because it went from like, wow, everything was awesome. They were all just having a great time. And then literally at, like the flip of the coin, things got bad real fast. Everyone was ruining their marriage, was ruining their family. But before that, <laughs> I just, hey, let me, hey, I thought you said you were going to wait. Well, I just thought of this, this concept uh, just a second ago. Uh, imagine if this film was made at Indianola, what four teachers would be? <laughs> would be Kevin Huss. Um, no, we gotta take this. Uh, who's who's Huss? Uh, Huss is the uh, Huss is no, one of the lame teachers no. that doesn't drink. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bert, uh, I feel Bert. like Hoover's got to be one at least. You can't just say the football coaches, dude. <laughs> Why not the football coaches? Curtis, <laughs> Kaz, Kaz, Hoover. All right, Hoover. moving on. All right, Ben, you can give us your review of the film. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I I really didn't enjoy my time when the movie was on because I honestly forgot a lot of the German that I had learned in high school. But then I actually started watching the movie and reading the subtitles, and I actually really enjoyed the movie itself. Um, but take that, Alex. Uh, I thought that it had interesting themes throughout, like the fact that it starts off with um recapturing youth with that one sort of quote that it says at the beginning i don't know if you guys remember that where it says um i don't know like to be young is enjoying yourself and then to find love is to like recapture that youth or something like that and how it just like starts off with like a two-minute montage of like the students doing the lake race it's kind of uh interesting dynamic because you see it starts off with that quote which puts you in a definite mood of what to anticipate for the movie going forward and central theme that lives on throughout while they do a late well it shows high schoolers doing a lake race where they get wasted and like enjoy themselves but then while they're celebrating after doing and all and partying for like three minutes it just abruptly cuts 
and then we're shown four high school teachers for like who who throughout 14 minutes or 15 minutes just live mundane very exasperated lives throughout and i feel like that was a cool contrast to set up at the beginning in contrast to the end of the movie in which i don't know they find a sort of celebration and acceptance with the current youth and and finding enjoyment in where they are currently in their lives that was a long-winded way to say that i really enjoyed this film and i thought that there was a good amount to read into and i thought that it was very interesting to watch i mean uh, performances from mads mickelson and peter and especially tommy uh they kind of kill it and i think that the stark contrasts of when they're sober versus when they're intoxicated are written very well and not necessarily shot very well, but definitely blocked and structured very um, indicatively of, that's not a word, the scenes that they're in. I am rambling. Jake, you can give your review. Yeah, as Ben finishes up his rambling, I thought this movie was really good in the sense where at points it was just like a fun movie to watch but then there were other points where you had to sit back and kind of just like take a deep breath and be like wow that was like really deep mm-hmm. and really it was like really emotional and it it just it would really flip-flop between that a lot and i think that's just a hats off to the performances like ben just said but I also think it it's really just great storytelling and kind of piggybacking off of what Alex said earlier, just about the concept of this. I almost felt like that this felt like a, like a science experiment that you were like actually watching. Like, like a, there were some points where it didn't feel like a movie. Like it actually felt like a real <laughs> science experiment or that it could have been. You're watching uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment. That's a good. That's a good movie. Shout out Ezra Miller. But like, I, I thought that that was a really interesting concept. Where it, at points, in a way, it sort of felt like a documentary of sorts, uh, which I think honestly just speaks magnitude to the performances in the film to portray characters that were real life people. Like, n- no one in this movie was someone that was like out of this world uh different from what we know like every every single person in this movie is someone that you could probably go and find like your local casey's or local walmart just because um that they're pretty that common that generic but also with that as generic as they were they were really deep in the themes that they brought to the surface and uh, i thought the movie did a great job in showing that nobody was out of this world yeah bro thanos wasn't gonna drop in <laughs> yeah sick we are a educated podcast this is a we marvel are, podcast we are cultured now. the turbo team podcast loves marvel and everything marvel the turbo team podcast is now called thanos was right podcast we will discussing the socialist elements within all 23 marvel universe masterpieces so ben i want to pick your brain about Ooh. be never gentle mind. never mind <laughs> <laughs> okay go about the uh the music in this movie because i thought that it was really unique we'll just say that 
It was really Danish. Um, the mu- did you say the music? Yeah. Well, the weird techno like- hip hop at the very end. Also, I gotta say, sorry to interrupt you, but that like ten minute dancing at the end fucking sucked. Like I hated it. Why? I, I don't know. Why do they need it in this movie? Like this is such he's, a, like he's he's celebrating where he is now. He but this he is didn't dance because good- that was in his youth. But now he's <laughs> this was a he's good found movie. a new life in his old life. With like a lot of good drama, a lot of good comedy, a lot of important messages, a lot really of cool like concepts, the and then they ended good. it with a ten-minute choreographed dance scene. It's supposed to be like a celebration of what he had gone through and where he is now at that point. Good. It's, it's, it's supposed still, to. It's supposed it to be silly. It's, it's supposed to be silly. I know, but it was bad. He's embracing how silly it is. <laughs> Them partying on the stock with a bunch of their old former students is silly, and then you make them do a fucking. 10 minute dance scene where every two minutes he's like, nah, I can't. Ah, oh, never mind, I can. And they embrace the, the embrace the celebration that they're showing with that. The ending felt like the ending to any Adam Sandler movie post 2005, other than Uncut Gems. No, uh, you mean uh, the 40 year old virgin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. If, if, ben, you, if you've seen the movie, Ben. Story of my life. As you were saying, Ben. They're 20. Music. Not even. Uh, Whatever. Um, honestly, <laughs> I didn't pay attention to the music a whole lot. This is a you. You really, you really uh, put me to shame as the music guy here on the podcast. Pick the wrong but, your brain. Honestly, no. I was too busy reading subtitles to read into the charts that was That's flooding funny. my ears. I don't know. It was Danish. That might be why you thought it was weird. I, um, I guess I was go say why you xenophobic. Like I guess I, I was what? asking less about the music itself, but more just the music choice. Because I thought, for sure, like Alex said, the the techno Danish music at the end was just that. That might be appropriate for Danish. Because okay, Alex, think about in, all the weird in English too. The song oh, yeah. the game was in English. Alex, think about all the weird German music that we listened to and how often some of those lyrics were in English. Well, maybe not a whole lot because. Clog wanted us to listen to German music with German lyrics, but English is a very prevalent language in Europe just because, like, they know like four. Fed is broke. Yeah, but like, <laughs> no, like, fat pe- bread. No, like, Europe will like sing in English because they'll know it'll hit in Britain and in America. Man, this song's in English, it hits different. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, is this the baby just in English? <laughs> Darius Baby. <laughs> but yeah i mean is that what you meant by the weird music choice or do you mean like the yeah. score throughout yeah I, I, that in the score i thought the score was very upbeat too at very depressing I, times i thought the score uh, was good personally yeah. i'm not the music major though the the first scene where they were sitting at uh the table and mm-hmm. uh martin was a uh, was <laughs> mads mickelson's character's name like finally decided to take the drink and then he started crying the like as he started crying like the score was like an upbeat type of just like out of out of tune i thought with what the uh with what the theme of the movie was but i'll be type b that's my favorite type b <laughs> but the more i think about it the more it fits i guess with the film because even though it was technically a dark point in the movie for his character, it was a high point because he was experiencing just the, not the thrill, but I guess just the relief or the 
the belonging that came with the alcohol. So we've talked too much about the music. I I didn't really have that much thoughts on the on the music itself. Uh, um, I really I really liked how they did the text exchange between Annika and Martin. I thought showing like a text exchange on camera can get a bit corny with whatever you do like graphic wise, you know. But I can't give any examples off the top of my head, but like you've seen a movie where like two characters are texting over the shoulder. Yeah, and it looks bad. I thought they did it really well. It was very like stylized, very simple. Just a black screen with white text on it. Uh, I thought it looked really good. Not too over the top, not too corny. I, I really enjoyed those. It's a small thing, but I liked it. Also, another small thing. I felt visually this movie looked really good. There was a lot of good cinematography. I thought the coloring was really good. It's probably the saddest part of the whole movie, but the part where Tommy goes out on the boat and you know, kills himself or dies or whatever. Like that scene's really pretty to look at with the boat over That's the water. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. But There's a lot of movies really colored really nicely. It's very pleasing to look at. I thought I felt guilty because I was like, wow, that that shot is like really beautiful. But then you had to take yourself back in reality for a second. Like, oh yeah, that just happened. But did, did he kill himself or did he just like, uh, he did. I mean, that was the, that was the beauty of the situation anyways. Well, I mean, that's what the whole background was supposed to emulate in a sense. But, but yeah, I mean, it, shot wise, I agree that it was pretty at times for sure. Like the scenes when he's waking up from bed. I mean, the sun hits the lens pretty nicely. But like when it comes to framing and blocking and shots, I mean, I didn't think it was anything too spectacular. Except for one scene, which I thought was integral uh, when blocking really came in handy. Which was when they were at the supermarket after drinking at one of their houses. I think that's where the tone completely shifts in a sense. Because... Throughout this whole experiment, you're only with them and within their perspective. When they're drinking and um, enjoying and seeing the positive effects at school. But when they go out in public and there's just static shots of people walking in a supermarket. And then these four guys just stumbling around and breaking everything. I mean, that's when it suddenly starts to sink in. Like, oh, this is this is like degrading. Yeah, these um, boys are alcoholics, brother. Not, yeah, not, as a, not exactly, but... As a bartender, <laughs> there's a very clear distinction between people that are just drinking to drink, be social, and then there's the, the drunks, and those are people, like, in public that just get stared at and that get glared at, and it's honestly kind of uncomfortable, but agreeing with Ben here when they're in the grocery store and knocked over the knocked over the shopping cart, but also when they were in the conference room and the, the teacher conference room. And when on two separate occasions, Martin stumbled in. And then of course, when Tommy Tommy. stumbled in, um, that was just a very clear sense of like uncomfort that I, I feel like I'd felt before but I didn't really know from where. And I think I just realized that it was just from being a bartender and having to deal with those situations every now and then. So you understand the sense of it then? Yeah. Like I understand the sense of you being sober around a bunch of sober people. And then there's just a very clear elephant in the room of someone that is not in a good state of mind. And that's the film articulated that in a really uh, touching, but also like humorous way. Like it was hilarious when Martin ran into the wall and fell over and had a bloody nose. But it was also sad because 
it was a high school teacher at work uh, doing that. Starting a serious sentence out with as a bartender was just really funny to me for some reason. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I feel like there's some seriousness there. As as a bartender, like coasters need to be used by everybody. It damages the wood tables. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, anything else you guys got to say? I, I think I've said a lot of my piece. Back, I really enjoy this movie. A lot there's, of a lot to, there's a lot to like. Back, I, do you have anything more to say about a lot of what you've liked? I thought the acting was really good. I thought the dynamic between the teachers and students and how that evolved was really interesting. Um, I think I think as an American watching this, the I think I think that's what a gymnasium is. That's what like high school is in Germany. I think they do the same thing in uh, in uh, where, what's what country is this? Denmark. Denmark. I couldn't think of it. Um, I think they do the same thing. It looked a lot similar based off what I've learned, but. It seems like the teacher-student dynamic is a lot more comfortable, you know. Like they call it, like like here we call our, we're used to calling our teachers by Mister, Mrs., Professor, Doctor, whatever. And in the movie, they're like calling them Martin, they're calling them Tommy, they're calling them fucking Nicola or stuff like that. I think that's <laughs> and they're like talking about like drinking and partying on the weekends. Like it's a very casual relationship, and I, I it's really it was really interesting to watch. Um, being from America and where a relationship between a teacher and a student is so like professional for some reason. Not to say I disagree with it, but it, it it is a very formal relationship here in America, and that's why you hear people talk about how they have like a English teacher or whatever, a professor that they got along with a lot, and it's it's more of a personal relationship compared to like you with your professor. You just go to his class, and then that's it. That's all you do. And so seeing these students and teachers interact on a very personal basis was really interesting to watch because we're not used to that here. At least I'm not personally. <laughs> Did you so, think yeah. about if any of our old high school teachers would be like this? Uh, Not necessarily drinking, just buddy in this sense. Yeah, I think it kind of. There's a few of them. Yeah. Obviously, there's. You know, you don't. You don't have to be specific, but like, I just. I don't I'd, know say, I'd say. I kind of feel this way with a few of my college professors. Like, I think a college, well, a college professors are a lot more open about that. Like, they know we're partying on weekends. They know what we're doing. Like, all everything we're doing. Like I, I feel in high school, like there's a sense of pretend like it's not going on between the teachers and the students compared to college where they're like, I don't care. You know, like if you're partying, that's fine. Just make sure you turn in your assignments. Yeah, that that's kind of how I saw it as I, I saw it as a more professor student relationship opposed to like, I don't think I had any anything close to this in high school. Like in high school, you had even like the fun teachers weren't anything even close to this taking the drinking part of it aside just mm. like the way that they went about things and the way they went about relationships and one thing that uh, i was just curious about and something that i assumed the drinking law in denmark is 18 and there's no restrictions for anyone like 17 or under at home so mm. i wonder if that plays an aspect into it too it. go ahead where i mean I would assume most of the people in the movie were seniors just because that's what it seemed like. They seemed like kind of a graduation celebration after. Um, but they were all like legally able to drink, which yeah. I think is different when obviously no high schooler other than front of the program, Trevor, was legally able to drink. Legal. Uh, if it's anything like Germany, they're allowed to have beer in public at like 16. And then hard alcohol is like 18 after. Pretty sure the entirety of Europe's that. Maybe. Yeah, mo- Maybe. Most of Europe is. Whatever. Um, uh, 
Does uh, it have any negatives? No. Well, yes, but there's one Whoa. more that I wanted to touch on. While right. we were talking about that teacher-student relationship, I think my favorite scene in the movie was... <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> uh, Specs? The, no, I love Specs. But the, <laughs> oh, when he was giving the lesson about uh, Hitler and... Uh, Winston Churchill and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, I thought that that was so funny. But it was yeah. also like, because you start the movie off with the meeting about how he was just like a boring teacher that wasn't really doing much. And then that scene, he was just like, it was like a comedy show, but it was also engaging mm-hmm. uh, for the students. And I just thought that, that it was really well done. I thought it was funny. I thought it was engaging. But yeah, Specs was, Specs was the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That uh, that like who who nutmegged the goal? <laughs> uh, verbal, verbal meme. Uh, picture specs. Pick a stock photo of guy rubbing glasses. Stock photo of guy putting on glasses. Uh, picture of Lionel Messi. Correct choice. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? What were you gonna say? Oh, the new the uh the like Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt like they drank all the time and Hitler didn't drink and he was. You know, like that's like, which one would you vote for as president? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. What they did in the movie. That's the new like Facebook meme where like your like 45 year old uncle will repost it and be like, really makes you think, huh? <laughs> but he has the he has the absolute opposite intentions. Which... And it's just the, an excuse for him to like day drink on Tuesdays and fucking um, vote for the racist candidate. Make a list of which neighbors of his are members of Antifa. Hell, I'll, I'll give you a hint. All of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, once again, I think it was it was really good. I thought it was cool how it showed each of the individual teachers' impact on their students, all of them, in fact, and how that. I mean, much like drinking, in a sense, realistically, is in many senses, it's enjoyment at first. It's a ramp up of enjoying yourself and ha- having fun. But then reality sets in, whether that's the morning after or whether that's um, puking your guts out or if that's um, uh, making a mistake with someone that you love, which many of these characters do in a sense. That's when the halfway point of the film hits, when they realize the gravity of what they're doing and how it affects the relationships around them. And I think that's very relevant to the topic at hand, which is consuming alcohol. So I think that... Yeah, that was really smart, and that was something that you really can take away from it. Yeah, Martin's wife cheated on him, and then he was, like, apologizing and begging her back. I was like, what? Well, it's because he'd been distant for, like, years at that point. Yeah, so, she like, still he cheated basically, on him. Yeah, but, like, he, like, I mean, it's implied that he didn't have a relationship anyways. Like, he was just, like, he was absent for years at a time. And the fact whatever, that was, whatever. That, yeah, yeah, this isn't important, but the fact that he was able to like assume without having like any actual allegations against it mm-hmm. uh, and show the fact that their relationship was probably not strong. Like if, if you can just assume like, Hey, are you cheating on me without having like any, I guess, proof of it. Mm-hmm. That there's probably a fundamental problem in the relationship. Well, I mean, but, you can know, you know, yeah, but whatever, whatever, oh, you know, it's not important. <laughs> so, do you guys have any negatives not in um, English. Yeah, I, I genuinely, yeah, just because <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> well, no, it's like it sounds like sometimes I get so caught up reading the subtitles, I miss what's actually going on in the scene. You know, 
It it just kind of gets annoying, but like it's that's nitpicky. I really like this film. I don't really have any big glaring negatives for it. So yeah, I would say I could use more specs. I thought that specs. <laughs> I legitimate negative. I thought, as Alex said, that the dancing scene could have been shorter. And I wish that the morning would have been expanded on because it seemed like it was uh, Tommy died. And then three minutes later, like they were having like a dance party, like another day of sun. Yeah. I thought that could have been been, um, stretched out a little bit more, but I think it still got the point across. But yeah, I think that's about it for negatives for me. I disagree with you guys about the dance scene. I thought that was an, a, yeah, purpose, a purposefully goofy... Yeah, I'm not going to go into the thing. I disagree. Um, when it comes to negatives, I mean, once again, the problem with reviewing Oscar contenders as we have been is that they're all solid films. You all enjoy them. But as with a lot of Oscar nominees, they're very forgettable down the road. I disagree. And I feel talked on several levels. I didn't. Okay. I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Mank sucked. Eh, I, I enjoyed Mank, but whatever. I mean, one. But next I mean, week, that goes along week. with this. You enjoy it when you're watching it, but then later down the road, you'll kind of forget it. Um, because I haven't watched many foreign films, this is definitely up there with some of my favorites. But oh, at the same really? time, yeah, more than you. Um, but no. I feel that it will. It's an enjoyable watch, but it's not something that I don't necessarily look back on, which isn't necessarily a fault of the film because it got its message to point. It got its message up cross very well. And I really enjoyed it for what it was and had some very thoughtful things to say. But once again, just a few months down the road, I don't know if I'll think of this again. Yeah, Ben, I agree. This film got its message a point. <laughs> uh, okay, I've I've had a more secure points than both of you guys had during this nah, episode. I... I would agree with that, but I think for me, as far as like going back to think about something, I think this movie makes me want to go back and watch it again. One, for the reason of subtitles, I think that you have a more basic understanding of the plot and a more basic understanding of what happened. I think it makes watching a movie with subtitles a little easier on the second time. And I think just because there are... uh, I think that there's valuable stuff that could have been missed that would make this film a, a valuable second watch. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of feel that is where the the impact of the film doesn't leave for more than a week or two. But with that, do you guys have any other parting thoughts or should we get into our rating? Movie good. Uh, I've seen more foreign films than Ben, so that's about it. No, you haven't. Name all of them. Uh, Parasite, Another Round, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, that one you made us watch at the lake that one time, that we made Isaac read the subtitles for, um, Paul Bart 2. Okay, uh, The sequel Godfather, of- Goodfellas, Godfather that's 2. That's not a foreign movie, you Italian, so it counts. No, it doesn't. Sopranos. <laughs> 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 okay, the sequel to the raid, um, a downfall. What else is there? I watched Das Boat once. 
That's more than you. Okay, whatever. I think like I watched that for next segment. I just wait. Just wait. Speaking of speaking of foreign films, uh, Minari. Did you guys see Minari? That's another foreign film that I watched. No, it isn't. It was filmed in the U.S. It's no, it isn't. It's filmed in the U.S. by a U.S. Even why to have subtitles on? Why to have to have the English subtitles on? Because I couldn't understand what they were saying. American citizens don't have to speak English, moron. Did did you see that a Stephen Young uh I'm gonna watch more than you. <laughs> uh did you guys see that a Stephen Young fan page liked our Yeah, I saw that. Today? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, I guess. Oh, I thought you said actual Stephen Young like No, it's the fan page. <laughs> Whatever. Let's just let's, right, let's get into rating. Let's way. get into rating. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot. I'll give this film a 7.9. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good mix of humor, a really good mix of drama, and I think that it left a deep enough impact that I will definitely recommend this film to someone else. I, uh, I'll i give it an 8.75. I really like this. Um, don't really want to give it a 9, but uh, yeah, this was a pretty good film. I, I really enjoyed it. Definitely one of my favorites that we've watched on this pod. Y'all are wilding with the point fives. I'm just going to give it a straight up eight. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot to read into it. But then again, it's not one of those films that lasts with me, as are some of the other favorites that we've covered in the past. So, Ben, do you want to take us through our final segment of the day? This isn't a structured segment. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is well known for his role in Casino Royale, highly regarded as one of the more... Um, in recent memory, casted um, Bond villains of the past years. I'm rambling. But, yeah, so we thought it'd be funny if... Um, what are some characters in past movies or TV shows, primarily movies, um, who would make for funny Bond villains? It could be the straight-up character as they are in the film or an evil version of that character, a la Evil Bobhead. All right, mm-hmm. so... For 15 minutes, the floor is open. Any recommendations? I'll go first. Fletcher Whiplash. As a Bond villain? Bond villain. <laughs> he just makes him play drums the whole time and yells at him? <laughs> he just calls him... <laughs> Whiplash, but it's a Bond movie. <laughs> Which side prevails? The drums or the, or the Bond stunts? <laughs> What? what? <laughs> like, James Bond has to fight off guys using drumsticks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my first one. <laughs> right off the top and dome, Ben. I was eating pretzels. Um, and not an excuse. You're right. Um, Dave, uh, Bill Hader's character from Hot Rod, as a Bond villain. <laughs> Elaborate. All right. Mine's Dave from Dave. I take it back. Mine's actually uh, Richardson from Hot Rod. Richardson? Oh, Bill Hader's character? No, uh, the Asian guy who uh, pelvic... Oh, Richardson? And being through Richardson, you don't do anything. Oh, Oh, don't don't die. die. Like what you see? Alex's pelvic thrusting for the viewers. No, I'm not. I'm not pelvic thrusting for the camera. He was doing it. He was doing it. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, so, mine would be Seb from La La Land. What? But evil? 
but evil. Because <laughs> Emma and, Stone uh, is so successful. Emma without Stone her. is also evil, but she plays like she's good. And so also James like Bond's like, oh, James, yeah, James Bond's like, ooh, look at this lady. She can dance and sing and act. Ooh, triple so threat. Good. Triple threat. <laughs> and he's up. like, man, this is going to be my future lady. And then she's Shut evil. Up. Is this the yeah. Idris Elba Bond? What are you doing? And then this is the Seb and uh, uh, Emma Stone's character fucking uh, dance around him until he gets a headache and gets dizzy and dies. He dies from headache. La La Land James Bond movie. Hollywood hit me up. I got plenty more ideas where that came from. Um, let's do a Bond villain, but it's Benjamin Button from the first 10 minutes of Benjamin Button. <laughs> James Bond, but it's Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> All right, my next one is uh, Jared Leto's character from Requiem for a Dream. He's just a drug dealer that doesn't have an arm. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. a that's a Bond villain trait, not having an arm. Ooh, yeah. No, I don't want to watch any Jared Leto movie ever. I no. hate Jared Leto. He'll give you he'll give you a reach around. Fine, yeah. I'm fucking casting Jesse Plemons from I think you sh- or I'm That's thinking of ending things. Justice League joke for context. Yeah, I don't watch a three hour fucking boring movie. All right, can I, I, did, I, can I go on a little bit of a rant? No, I'll no. save it. I'll save it for the end of the month. Never mind. End of the Just month. Go ahead. Who cares? We got time. Well, okay. I watched the hour today. Just having a great time. Oh God, I know what. Stupid <laughs> Jesse Plemons shows up, and he's just sitting there looking like Jesse Plemons, and he didn't say a word for like half the movie. He had the fifth most screen time of anyone in the entire film, and said like five words. Why is he in the film? Cast someone else. He does. He doesn't even look anything like Al Pacino. How is he his son? All right. That's- Martin Scorsese says he's like, oh, Jake's going to watch this two years after it comes out. Let's has Jesse Plemons in it. I <laughs> hate that guy. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something about the Irishman. But now I can't remember. Oh, yeah. What did you think about the last, like, five minutes when Action Bronson's just in the movie? <laughs> selling caskets. <laughs> yeah, the I'll take the green. That was important. I know, but it's funny. They're like, this is a big budget, three-hour Best Picture nominee. And they're like, who should sell caskets to De Niro? Um, Action Bronson. (laughs) The Uh, casting director probably made that choice, not De Niro. I guarantee Scorsese doesn't know who Action Bronson is anyways. He's like, we got this famous rapper. Everybody loves him for his music and not everything else. Um, His name's Action Bronson. And then Scorsese... um, Definitely, probably racial stereotypes him, and was surprised when he sees a fat white ginger guy walk in. This is integral. What's uh? What's the next villain? Why are you asking me? This is this is a this is a group project. Uh, think of movies. We watch a lot of them. Um, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, the movie, two thousand two. Goddard from Jimmy Neutron, the villain, the robot dog. There's evil Goddard in a in an episode, I think. Yeah, evil. No, Goddard. no, no. Um, do you guys watch a uh, cyberspace on PBS? Megamind Charlie Megamind <laughs> Megamind Charlie Sheen? No, no. Wait, Charlie Sheen is in Megamind? No, I I was gonna say Mega Megamind Sheen, but I accidentally said Megamind Charlie Sheen. Those are two so, extra no. words. Bond villain, Bond villain, Megamind, but instead of who plays Megamind? Is it Jonah Hill? 
No, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Instead of Will Ferrell playing Mega Mind, it's drunk, definitely STD ridden, alcoholic Charlie Sheen. I like that one. Uh, my next. Okay. In the shine. Alex Jones from Prisoners as a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> they only screamed when I left them. Oh, damn. And James Bond is like. <laughs> James Bond just locks him in a shower. <laughs> they only screamed when I left them. The Joker, played by Paul Dano, but the character they'd be the he's character. The Riddler, being, not the Joker. No, but instead of the character being called the Joker, he's just called Paul Dano. So it's like when Paul Dano breaks into when the Joker breaks into the uh, Bruce Wayne's party for Harvey Dent. And the lady's like, who are you? He's like, I'm Paul Dano. How about um, um, Bond villain, but it's um, Paul Dano actor and reserved director Paul Dano. <laughs> uh, prisoners recast for Alex Jones, where we recast the real life Alex Jones, the political commentator. And he plays himself. They only screamed when I left them. <laughs> that's, the the- only, that's the only quote he has throughout the entire movie. Where, where are the girls? Um, Ah, uh, the frogs. <laughs> where are the Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal are screaming? Where the uh, Where are the girls? And then Alex Jones from Infowars is just drawing dragons on his sign out sheet from the jail. You fucking you coward! No, he doesn't say anything. He's just angry. He has he has he has deaf Tourette's. They only they only screamed when I left them. Okay. Every character is Marge Simpson. <laughs> this bit, this bit went off the rails. Look how they massacred Whatever. my boy. <laughs> uh, Joe Pesci. That's Jimmy. That's Jimmy two times. Get the papers. Get the papers. Oh my god. Every yeah. every good fellow's quote. I I'm just I'm just gonna leave. What ever about- since I ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> what about? Stewie Griffin as a Bond villain. Shut up. up. There's definitely an episode about that. That's it. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) That's it. That's the one I hate the most. (laughs) Stewie (laughs) Griffin. Do you mean? Bye. Half half of of these can just making wheat thin jokes. Ben Neeson is leaving the Turbo Team podcast. Look at who it is. James Bond, Dewey Griffin, um, uh, the alien from American Dad, as a Bond villain, uh, Hannibal Burris from the Eric Andre Show, as himself, but he's a Bond villain. Eating <laughs> a hot pocket. <laughs> uh, Eric Andre is a Bond villain, but <laughs> once he captures James Bond, he just. Uh, makes him do an uh, an episode of the Eric Andre show, and they just fuck with him mentally the entire time. Hey, Ben's back. Ben's back. Ben, give us a Bond villain. I don't think he is. I think he left again. All right. Well, that's in this spot. That's yeah, in this I, spot. I think it's probably time to end the, this episode of the Trevor Team Podcast. We had no idea where that last segment would go, and it went nowhere. But as always, if you made it this far, we'd like to thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back with our. Oscar predictions and picks next week. As always, thank you for listening to the Turbo Team Podcast.